0: Today's Spotlight is brought to you in part by presenting sponsor, Busey Bank. Busey, your dream, our promise. Welcome to Spotlight. I'm your host, Jane Winnett, and today I'm joined by three local nonprofits, 1871, Summer Place Theatre, and DuPage Medical Group Charitable Fund. You're watching Spotlight and joining me now from 1871 is their CEO, Betsy Ziegler. Betsy, welcome
1: to the show. Thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here.
0: Really excited to talk to you. Um, I'm a fan of mergers and acquisitions. I always think that we get better, newer strength that comes out of those partnerships. And 1871, who's located in Chicago, has recently uh, got together with Hub 88 here in Naperville. Give us a little bit about the background on how that came to be.
1: Sure. Yeah, it's, it's exciting. And I, too, love mergers and acquisitions. If you're building, if you're if you're trying to, help more people have greater impact, which in this case is, I think, the, the, the storyline. So the, many of you know the Hub 88 organization born in 2017 and operating in Naperville, right there off of Naperville Road, exit off by of I-88, focused on supporting entrepreneurs, innovators, builders in the Western suburbs, which is a tremendous mission. Uh, akin to the mission of 1871 based in Chicago, as you mentioned, where we have hundreds of people convening and building and growing and solving important problems. And the 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 board and the team at Hub 88, all volunteer-driven, just a tremendous group of people approached me in early fall and said, hey, we're at this tipping point. Do we try to grow and, and become a, a full professionally staffed nonprofit like you are? Or do we combine forces and see if we're better together. And through uh, many months of discussions, we ended up pursuing the latter path and uh, uh, super excited about it.
0: Yeah, I love that, better together. That's a great motto there, Betsy. Um, talk a little bit about what you're looking forward to as, as you kind of come together. And I assume that the mission's very much in alignment. What what are you most excited about?
1: Yeah, so the missions are very well aligned and our size and 1871 size and scale is bigger because we've been around for nine years right it was three times as long it's a completely different uh frame of reference i think the things that i'm most excited about about this are um, uh, the the deeply technical focus of hub 88 and their board and their advisory board they've got this tremendous series that many of you have probably tapped into that's on on tech trends that they tackle one a month, right? Just phenomenal. I'm really excited about connecting that to the now bigger community. I'm also really excited about taking the community that's been engaging at Hub 88 and and uh, showing them everything that 1871 can support them on and our structured curriculum, our set of events, right? We this language we've been using is the power of and. How do we? Take this and add it to this, and combined, we're better. I mentioned better together a second ago, but it's that it's that that theme of there's newness in both places that we can expose both communities to, such that we can become one larger community representing the Chicago land area, um, DuPage County, the western suburbs, uh, in the an effort to launch more businesses which create more jobs.
0: Yeah, and and ultimately you're creating that larger network, right? That larger geographic right. footprint, and and bringing people with different levels of expertise ju- that just maybe happen to live geographically in different places, right?
1: Right, and exactly. And with with the past year that we've all lived through, through we know that you can engage in a distributed fashion. And so this idea that there might be awesome things happening in Naperville that some people I live in Evanston, right? That's that's a tough commute to do every single day, but I can plug in virtually, or if I live in Naperville and it's tough for me to get downtown Chicago, same thing. Like how do we also with all this great, these great programmatic and event-based assets attach technology to it such that it doesn't matter where you are. You should be able to plug in this, this tremendous community.
0: Well, and you, you know, and you sort of talked about that a uh, little bit with the two spaces because, you know, yeah. obviously we've seen a lot in the last 14 months in terms of co-working spaces, right? And you know, the whole workforce has realized that, gosh, maybe we don't all have to be physically located in the same place at the same time. How is that going to be yeah. impacting your work, Betsy?
1: Yeah, it's super interesting question. I don't know if I have perfect answers for it. I can give you some of our hypotheses. So so we are a believer that the office is still a a place that people will come to. We just don't think that people are going to come all the time. So I think most people will be in some of the time. And I say that for my own team, as well as the community that convenes at the Hub 88 location or at the downtown 1871 location. Bigger organizations are reimagining their footprints and their footprints might shrink a little such that they feel like, well, hey, we can now fit inside of the structure that's 1871 and we want to be part of that vibe. We want to be part of that energy, that culture. That would be amazing. We offer tremendous flexibility for people. So I think the, I think I think the co-working spaces in general will be a net, net winner. At 1871 and Hub eighty-eight are, yes, we have shared space environments, but we but we also have all these ands. Right. And the mentorship and the network and the curriculum and the events and the introductions and all those, all those pieces. So I think it'll be a net, uh, net gain for organizations like ours. Okay. And, you know, obviously in this last year,
0: you know, certain businesses have really taken off, uh, you know, uh, who really knew about Zoom before the pandemic. I'm just going to say right. I might, you know, uh, and, and other businesses, it's been a real struggle. Uh, what do you see, Betsy? I mean, you're really in the startup business space uh, with those little entrepreneurs. What, what do you see currently?
1: Yeah. So, it, like you said, there are some that this has been a boon for, and some that it's been a real set of obstacles. What I'll say overall, as an overarching comment about entrepreneurs and people who are builders, they see these constraints as, as opportunities to get better, solve the problem better. They see it as um, uh, opportunity, and so no matter what, like if if we I, I hope this isn't true, but if we ever have to live through a year like we've had this year, I wanna again be surrounded by these kinds of people because their focus, their passion, their, you know, how, how um, what can we become versus how bad it can get is kind of the tone. Uh, so in general, that that's the theme that I've seen. The companies that have really struggled have have, most of them have pivoted and found a different way to, to take what they built and solve a different problem with it, yeah, right. Or pair up with somebody else where they're bringing something to the table that this other company didn't have or other founder didn't have, and together they can solve this problem. You know, a different kind of problem in a different kind of way. And so I'm I'm very bullish on the entrepreneurs building through this crisis. I think in five, six, seven years we'll look back at this time frame and say, well, yeah, of course they're the biggest companies. They were the ones that were born during COVID.
0: Nice. Um, yep. I, ho- I hope that will be true because it'll be good for yeah. all of us if that will be true. Um, as we yeah. close out here, Betsy, you know, if you yeah. were to kind of sort of one thing that you would say as far as 1871 and Hub 88, uh, really, you know, being part of the Chicago land recovery, what, what's going to be the key to that? What would you say to people?
1: So, innovation, and entrepreneurship are going to be key to the recovery. If the startup engine is broken, the job creation engine is broken. Full stop. If you are out there building and you're feeling like you're on your own, there is a community that you can connect to, please reach out. You can reach out at the Hub 88 website at hub88.org or the 1871 website at 1871.com. We are here to help you. We are here to welcome you to the community and help you uh, put um, get, your, get your business growing and accelerating and scaling and hopefully employing lots of people. That's
0: wonderful. Well, thank you. I am so delighted. We appreciate you coming by and uh, we're excited to, you know, see where this whole uh, partnership uh, takes us in the next year and into the future. So thanks for coming by, Betsy.
1: I appreciate it, thank you.
0: Oh, you're welcome. And if you're interested in learning more about 1871 and the work they're doing with Hub 88, please go and visit their websites. We're gonna take a quick break, but stay tuned. We're coming right back with more Spotlight.
2: For more than 150 years, you've believed in Bucy. Today, more than ever, we believe in you. To our healthcare workers, first responders, and local businesses, you're central to the communities we're proud to call home. Bucy's grateful to partner with you and your families through life's ups and downs, today and for generations to come. Because as neighbors helping neighbors, we're in this together. Bucy, grateful to serve the communities we call home. Stay in the know, at home, or on the go with NCTV 17 News Update. This quick recap of everything happening in and around town will be delivered straight to your email inbox for free. Sign up today.
0: Tuning in, you're watching Spotlight. I'm your host, Jane Wernett, and joining me now is Don Gingold. He's the president of Summer Place Theater. Welcome, Don. Nice to see you, your hat, and your lovely shirt.
3: Thank you, Jane. Good to be here. Thank you very much for having me.
0: Absolutely. Now I know it has been a rough 14 months in the arts and theater world. So talk a little bit about what you experienced at Summer Place Theater over the last
3: year. It has been very difficult the year prior to COVID. We were without a home, and so we were looking for space. Luckily, we found something uh, which threw everybody off a bit. Then COVID hit. We were able to do one benefit show just the, uh, the middle of March, just uh, the week, literally the week before they closed everything down. And then after that, there was nothing. Uh, except a couple of virtual things. That's all we could do was go online and we did zoom presentations basically. So we kind of thought about it a bit and we said, we've got to do something uh, this year that will at least be able to do and bring people back to live performance.
0: Okay, so let's talk a little bit about that. You know, summer of 2021, Summer Place Theater. What are the plans?
3: Thank goodness that we are Summer Place and that it is summer because we're taking everything outside the the uh, the problem of course even today with many people being vaccinated there's not enough of them and a lot of people are very leery of sitting in a theater and watching a performance but many people feel very comfortable being outside where they can distance themselves and there's plenty of circulation ventilation and all uh, and see a performance that way so we're going to be outside this year
0: okay and where are you going to be Don, and what are you doing
3: Ah, all right. So, uh, the 95th Street Pavilion, which is a park district, uh, property just behind the 95th Street Library, Mm -hmm. uh, has a lovely little stage there and we will be performing on that stage and people will bring their lawn chairs and set themselves up in front of the stage and enjoy live shows. We have three of them planned.
0: Okay. Are you able to share any details on those or do you want to keep that oh, under wraps? You know what?
3: I think I would love to tell you those shows. Okay. Uh, our first show, we're starting right off with Celebrating Summer with our own original production called Summer Lovin', which is all great show tunes that have something to do with summer. And it's a, it's a review of uh, all those great songs. Okay. Uh, and that'll be the third weekend in June. Then in July, because of the COVID problem last Christmas, people didn't enjoy Christmas together. So we're doing Christmas in July. Oh, I love it. We're going to do a 1940s rendition of A Christmas Carol. So it's gonna be the same basic story we all know, but it's gonna be set in the 40s, like an old time radio show.
0: Oh, fun, very creative. I like that. And maybe I could wear my Christmas sweater.
3: You can definitely wear crystal. We should probably do some. That's a great idea. I think we'll have some kind of contest, (laughs) but it'll be all 40s, including uh, uh, microphones, uh, people reading from their scripts, just like they did back in the old time radio shows. Um, And there'll be some commercials sprinkled in, some jingles of uh, of Lux soap and things like that from the past. And then maybe the maybe the contest. That would be great. (laughs) One more show in August. We're doing something very special for uh, us uh, and for our community. Summer Place Theater has had the the uh, the benefit of a wonderful man on our board for many many years. His name is Ted Waltmeyer, and Ted suffered a stroke some years back, and he has uh, done a wonderful job of recovering all this time. Um, what he did was he wrote himself a musical. And we're performing the Mighty Ted, the story of somebody with an, a, a, a disadvantage who brought himself back and, and, uh, and made it uh, and made a good thing of it. So uh, it's called the Mighty Ted. And that'll be in August. Lovely. Uh, uh, Ted will be there. He's not in the show. He'll be uh, there enjoying the show. Uh, and a number of the other people that are part of Summer Place have all been through through all of this with him. And that's part of the whole show. So it's a little drama, little comedy, a bunch of songs mixed throughout. Uh, it was performed. Uh, Ted wrote it, and then he performed it at Second City. Tell uh, Second City Theater downtown uh, and now we're going to perform it for him here.
0: Oh, that's lovely. Well, what a great story. I'm sure that will be a real uh, heartwarming and a bit of a tearjerker as well, right?
3: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And a lot of people know Ted. And so it's going to be uh, just a, a, a good family kind of a feel.
0: Nights. Now, uh, you know, uh, do you feel, Don? I mean, you're out there in the world, in the theater world, do you feel people are ready for live theater? I mean, obviously you're gonna be outside,
3: but. Yes, people are definitely ready and they're ready to be outside. Okay. Now, just case in point, last October, even where we're in the midst of all of the pandemic, we offered ghost stories in the park in the dark, which we do every year and it's outside. And we sold out in two days after announcing the sale. People were just really wanting to uh, to have some live theater, do something, getting out of the house and being safe, but also you know being able to to see live theater. They'll be comfortable in their lawn chairs. It'll be evening performances, so the sun will be down or mostly you know in in near dusk uh, around seven o'clock at night, um, and they'll have a lovely time.
0: Okay. Okay. And that's kind of nice. So you can kind of seat yourself, everybody. I'm sure you'll have people there to make sure that people kind of have their own little, own little space. And you mentioned as we close out the ghost stories, cause you know, you've got a robust three, three performances during the summer, but you, you mentioned that you did ghost stories last year. You're bringing that back this year.
3: Yes, it's uh, we're about 25 years old. We've been doing this for this many for that many years. Um, And ghost stories has always been that uh, that one additional thing. The last our old last fling, I guess you'd say after we do our summer shows. Uh, And so, yes, we're bringing ghost stories back. It's always the first weekend in October, uh, and it'll be at the Grand Pavilion as it always is. Uh, So, yeah, we're looking forward to that. It'll be pretty much the same format. It's uh, think of stand up meets scary. Scary
0: stories okay I like that stand-up meets scary stories that's good that's a good that's a good promo for it Don I appreciate that well, certainly. <laughs> well listen we wish you all the best we wish you a lots of good weather for this summer thank I know you, that's yes. always you know outdoors is wonderful but we live in the state of Illinois so that's always I'm sure will uh, add to the adrenaline for all your actors before they go on stage uh, but we wish you all the best and thank you for stopping by
3: thank you for having me.
0: You're welcome. So to find out more about Summer Place Theater, please go and visit their website. You can get all the information about the shows and the tickets, and then their ghost stories as well. We'll be right back, we're gonna take a quick break. Stay with us.
2: For more than 150 years, you've believed in Busey. Today, more than ever, we believe in you. To our healthcare workers, first responders, and local businesses, You're central to the communities we're proud to call home. Busey's grateful to partner with you and your families through life's ups and downs, today and for generations to come. Because as neighbors helping neighbors, we're in this together. Busey, grateful to serve the communities we call home.
3: We live in a safe community, but not a crime-free community. If you see something, say something. Be a Naperville Crime Stopper.
0: Welcome back to Spotlight. And joining me now from the DuPage Medical Group Charitable Fund is Dr. Amy Steffler. She's the chair of their advisory board. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Super nice to to have you here. And we're going to just start right off and ask you to please help our viewers understand what is the DuPage Medical Group Charitable Fund and, and when was it started? So,
4: DuPage Medical Group has a long history of community service and philanthropy. And back in 2010, a group of um, physicians decided to start the charitable fund so that we had an organized structure to give back to the communities in which we serve. So basically, since that time, we have distributed three and a half million dollars to those in the communities
0: in which we serve. That's incredible, that's a lot of money and we'll get to kind of who you're giving that money to as we move through this conversation. Um, so you know, you're know, you going into your 11th year and, and I love the fact that it was the doctors that decided that they wanted to be able to give back. So can you give me a little bit of a sense of the mission? What's the mission? Mm-hmm.
4: Well, you know, as providers at DuPage Medical Group, we strive every day to give quality and compassionate health care to our patients. But we had the realization that there were a lot of needs outside of the four walls of our clinics. And um, we just sought to, to help our communities in other ways. And so the mission actually, of the charitable fund is very simple. We um, donate money to various charities that provide food and housing and support
0: and um, healthcare and wellness um, within those communities okay so really you're you're so coming alongside those essential services and obviously i'm sure you see uh, lots of patients coming through your clinics that are um, struggling in some of those areas yes
4: and especially this year during the covid you know everybody has more needs and um, especially for the food
0: and the housing it's been You know, hard on everybody. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, how do you raise the funds that you then turn around? I mean, over three million, three and a half million. I think you said. How do you raise the funds uh, to give away? Mm
4: -hmm. Well, um, the stronghold of our um, our our charitable fundraising comes from just generous donations from our physicians, our associates, our community members, our neighbors. Um, business associates that we work with that um, actually raise, you know, donate the money. We usually have two big fundraising events every year. And um, this year, because of the COVID, actually both of those events, a golf outing and a care fair were both canceled. Mm. So we had to do some creative fundraising. And I'm happy to report that we actually did um raise enough money to distribute six hundred and seventy thousand dollars to the agencies that had requested a grant so You know that was actually more than a couple of other years um, in the past so we did pretty well and that was all just from charitable donations.
0: That's incredible and I think you know we've we've heard from so many people and as much as this was a a very challenging and difficult year you also really saw the community step up in so many ways and uh, really try to support each other and support people that were less fortunate than themselves right?
4: Absolutely, absolutely,
0: Yeah. Now, you you mentioned about um, kind of grants and and how you distribute the money. Can you give us a little bit more of an idea? Grundy and Will Counties,
4: and so we have extended um, uh, grant money to various organizations within the catchment area of where we see patients. Okay. So they apply for grants, and then um, we have an advisory board that meets, the advisory board is made up of physicians and associates and some community members that we make the decision on how to distribute the grant money. The other interesting thing about the charitable fund is that DuPage Medical Group actually funds all the administrative costs. Mm. So every dollar that we raise goes out to the charities. We don't have any administrative costs, which is really awesome.
0: Yeah, that really does uh, amplify the impact that your fundraising has, right? When you don't have to take those administrative expenses. Exactly, exactly. Now, I I know because we've chatted uh, before that volunteerism and the whole concept of volunteers is very important. The charitable fund comes up with all sorts of volunteer
4: activities. Our physicians have have given millions of dollars in pro bono health care to the uninsured through Access to Page. Um, we have actually recently in April we did a DMG care week that that um, coincided with volunteer week. And we had all sorts of opportunities for those in our organization to volunteer in the community. And it it really makes you see, you know, what these organizations do day to day. And, you know, reminds us why we do this, because um, these are the people that we're helping. So
0: um, it's, you know, very rewarding. Yeah, I would imagine, and, and you know, seeing, I well, I know I've spoken with Access to Page before, and they can't say enough about the uh, donated hours that uh, your staff gives them and your physicians to be able to make sure that those the uninsured are, are receiving the kind of help that they need and the uh, support, And but I, I've got to believe that for your doctors, it's and, and all your staff, because I know it isn't just the physicians, it's all of your staff that get involved in that. It's got to be tremendously uh, rewarding rewarding to see everybody and the impact that you're having because you know so much of that is connected to their health ultimately, right? It's all tied in together. So, you know, if they
4: can live in a safe place and um, get good, uh, you know, healthy nutritional foods and good health care, I mean, it all works and it all works together, so.
0: Yeah, and I would imagine, too, it's probably a little bit of fun, even though you dragged your husband. It's probably a little bit of fun, too, getting out and doing something out in the community with the rest of the people that you work with, right? Oh, it's totally fun. It's totally fun, you know, and they uh, at the food
4: pantries, they play loud music. You know, everybody gets very competitive in terms (laughs) of putting together the most boxes and the volunteers there
0: couldn't be better people, you know, they just wonderful people. So yeah, yeah, terrific. Now, as we wrap up, what, what are you excited about? As we obviously, uh, you know, people are, are moving forward, we're getting vaccinated. Hopefully we're gonna see the backside of uh, 2020 and early 2021. What are you most excited about for the fund in your advisory role?
4: Well, we're you know more the same, you know we're we're super excited to actually get together and do some things, you know, um, socially to help raise money, get more people involved, get the word out there. Um, we have a new CEO which is really. He is um, very supportive of the charitable fund. And so I think we're going to, you know, have him involved in, you know, spreading the word. That's the biggest thing, right? Spread the word.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for stopping by. And, um, you know, thank you to all of your doctors, physicians, staff members for all the work that they do in support of the charitable fund. Oh, thank you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And if you would like more information about the DePage Medical Group Charitable Fund, please go and visit their website. We're going to take a quick break, but stay tuned. We're coming right back with more Spotlight. I'd like to thank all of my guests for joining us on Spotlight and our friends at UC Bank for their generous sponsorship of today's show. To learn more about the organizations featured on this episode, please go and visit our website at nctv17.com. And to stay informed about what's happening in our community, sign up to receive our daily news update and like and follow us on Facebook. For spotlight, I'm Jane Wernette. Thank you for watching. Today's spotlight is brought to you in part by presenting sponsor Busey Bank. Busey, your dream, our promise.